7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Good evening. Thank you for joining us on SAFM Sport On. Uh, Tabiso Musia is me. Katla Komudiba and Liolam Kalipi are the producers. And Sylvester Komane is our technical producer uh, tonight. We talk all things boxing on a Wednesday. And we're going to do that. It's going to be no different uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to focus on uh, boxing. But we also have to talk cricket, folks, uh, with what's happening with the Proteas up against India in Southampton. The latest score is uh, India on 213 for three. There might be four down now because there's one up in the air and they are four down. MS Dhoni has just been caught off by Chris Morris so they are 213 for 4 in the 47th over but they need 15 runs from 23 balls to win this match and they look on course uh, to claim victory here in India which is their first opening match and if it does happen like that then it will be the third straight loss for the Proteas in this World Cup. Uh, there's a lot lots been said about this game from selection to the toss again uh, choosing to bet first when the conditions were overcast also going in with two spinners um against India, who play spin very well, especially in these conditions. Uh, has it backfired once again for the Proteas? And you got to feel for Faf Duplessis. I mean, every he won the toss, he bowled first. Everybody said you should have batted. Now he wins the toss, he bets. Everybody says you should have bowled. Uh, or, or does he talk to them, not knowing what to do now, after their plan A was dismantled by the injuries uh, to Lungisani Gidi as well as Dale Stain. So we're going to talk cricket later on with uh, Pat Simcox. He's watching this game, the former Proteas off spinner, and he's agreed to speak to us. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot of boxing also one of the biggest upsets in the sport happened on Sunday morning Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, there obliterating Anthony Joshua and taking all three of his belts in an explosive showing of guts, grit and determination as he became the first Mexican heavyweight champion of the world. There have been so many conspiracies regarding AJ's defeat uh, on, on what could have gone wrong. Everybody has uh, something they're saying he was not well before the fight some say that he was he was, he, he was knocked down in, in the sparring and his father was telling him not to take on the fight because he wasn't himself. There are talks about food poisoning. So we're going to speak to Adam Smith who's a Sky Sports presenter. He was at the fight. He covers boxing for Sky Sports and he'll give us his views on the fight there between Andy Ruiz Jr. as well as Anthony Joshua. And of course, the rematch clause has been activated now so they will do it again later this year at a venue yet to be announced. And as I mentioned, there have been so many conspiracies but what is clear is that AJ failed to recover from that left hook in the third round. That's what I saw. He lost his balance there and he was never the same. And if you watch that fight, please give us your views. Call us on 0891-104-207 or you can send voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. We also have a new SMS number. It's 41. 41- Three nine one. If you want to give your views and thoughts on Joshua versus Ruiz, there, uh, if you've seen that fight, and we're also going to profile a young man. They've dubbed him as the future of boxing, as the new star to come out of Limpopo. His name is Jabulani Mackenzie. He's fighting this weekend. He's defending his title against Michael Mukwena. So we're going to find out more about Jabulani Mackenzie. Seven and zero oh, so far. And he's fought some good fighters. He's beaten Gift Bolo. He's beaten uh, Umtoteli also. So we'll find out what makes uh, Mackenzie tick, and we'll speak to his trainer also Sebastian Rothman but after the break we're gonna go all the way to the UK to speak to Sky Sports presenter Adam Smith and get his thoughts on Joshua Ruiz by the way we're also gonna speak to uh, Colin Nathan later on on the show he received another award uh, Colin Nathan so they're doing some fantastic work there and uh, also Rumble Africa promotions how can we forget them uh, they were also honored recently um, at the IBF awards there and um Colin will tell us more about that, uh, about his awards, and we'll also get his thoughts on Joshua Ruiz. 
Hashtag SAFM Sport On. So before we speak to Adam Smith, let me just tell you about those awards. There, Rumble Africa promotions uh, were awarded most active and leading promoter on the African continent by the IBF, with their number one boxer Zinga Fuzile awarded IBF Intercontinental Boxer of the Year, and his fight against Malcolm Klassen was awarded the best bout of the year, and also. Uh, International advisor Colin Nathan, as I mentioned, was uh, was named as the best trainer of the year by the IAAF. So well done to everybody there. Before we speak to Adam Smith, let's hear what the champion Andy Ruiz Jr. had to say. I wanted to prove everybody wrong. All the doubters thinking that I was going to lose in the third round, first round. I was mm-hmm. looking at comments as well. But what do you know, man? I'm the first Mexican heavyweight champion of the world. It's a blessing, man. This wouldn't have happened, man, but thanks to Eddie Hearns, my team, Al Heyman, everybody, my dad. I'm still pinching myself to see if this is real, man. Mom, I love you. (laughs) I love you, and our lives is going to change. We don't have to struggle no more. Thanks to God, everything, everything happened for a reason, baby. That's crazy that that happened, right? Man, that was my first time in the canvas. And when I was in the canvas, I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? <laughs> but I had to get them back, you know? I had to get them back. I think that's when the, the Mexican blood in me and the Mexican warrior that I have, I, I, had to, I had to return the favor. That's the champ right there, Andy Ruiz Jr. Let's hear from Anthony Joshua, who was really gracious and humble in defeat. New York, man. That opened their arms for me and my whole team, and it was phenomenal. You know, Madison Square Garden. Even though it didn't go my way, I'm still speechless. Like, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing night. It was an amazing night altogether. You know, from the changing room, was in a niche changing room space, warmed up really well. I had no panic attack. Like, I'm not that type of person. You know me, and that's why I say, and I'm going to keep on saying, is that I have to take my loss like a man. No blaming anyone, no blaming anything. I'm the one who went in there to perform and my performance didn't go to plan. My game plan didn't go to plan. So I have to kind of readjust, analyze, do my best to correct it and uh, get the job done in the rematch. So no excuses from Anthony Joshua. Let's hear from the head of Sky Boxing and author of Beautiful Brutality, Mr. Adam Smith, who joins us on the line. Uh, Adam, good evening and thank you very much for finding time to speak to us here in South Africa. We really appreciate it, sir. No problem. I, uh, I love South Africa. I've been over a, a couple of times before for the boxing. And um, yeah, you guys have, a, have always had a good um, uh, crop of fighters over the years. And uh, it's a pleasure. I've just got back from New York. So uh, yeah, anything you want to ask me, far away. Great stuff. Thank you. You were at Madison Square Garden, of course, for the big fight. It's been held as one of the sport's biggest upsets. Did you see it coming? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, no, I didn't think it would happen against uh, Andy Ruiz, to be honest. I think nearly everybody who'd been around the fight for the few weeks in the build-up believed that Anthony Joshua would fairly easily defend his world heavyweight titles uh, on his American debut. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I always felt that AJ would lose at some point. Um, you know, most fighters have to come through adversity in, in some at some stage of their careers. And, of course, uh, Lennox Lewis got knocked out twice, once by Oliver McCall, and uh, the other time 
in South Africa by Hassim Rackman when he was ill prepared. Mm. And, you know, it, it was it was a massive upset. I think that um, I was commentating with Paulie Malinaji and Matthew Macklin and the three of us. I think for, for us, it was the biggest upset we've ever seen at ringside. Uh, I don't think it was quite as big as the Buster Douglas Tyson uh, uh, knockout victory in Tokyo because Tyson was seemingly a bit at the time. And I think also that uh, Buster, Buster Douglas was, was such a huge outsider. Now, Andy Ruiz was was always a good fighter, just aesthetically because of his physique. People uh, overlooked him, and uh, I think uh, AJ might have been a bit complacent going in. But uh, listen, credit to Andy Ruiz Jr. He uh, he had no pressure on his shoulders. He was lovely to everyone in the build-up and nicest pie all week. He was almost like a fan out there, like he'd won some sort of competition or other and just happy to be there. But as soon as the bell went, you know, the Mexican blood ran through him and he uh, he got down to business and you know, he uh, he walked Joshua down and uh, and beat him up, and yeah, it was a massive shock. Yeah, and and he was thirty-two and one before this fight. Andy Ruiz, having only lost to uh, Joseph Opaka, some said it was a controversial decision. Uh, do you think he, he was underestimated because he took the fight at short notice, or like you said, because everybody made fun of his stomach? I, I think a bit of everything, really. I think obviously, Anthony Joshua unbeaten knocked everyone out, apart from Joseph Parker who we actually spoke to on the week, and he said, you know, Ruiz can hit. He's he's very tough. And I think, yeah, I think because, partly because of the physique, but in the trade, I think we all knew that Andy was a decent fighter, but, you know, decent. I mean, not a huge amount of uh, of great results on the record. He'd, he'd come off the win over Dimitrenko, but, you know, he'd gone the distance with um, with, with guys who, AJ, like Kevin Johnson, who guys that AJ had, had disposed of. And I think, you know, I think what we, we underestimated was the fact that probably he'd been in training for the 15 week that didn't go fight. You know, Joshua was uh, was lost out against Beck in September where he struggled early. He had a lot of activity. I just thought, you know, Joshua didn't get up to the best start. And, um, but, you know, when he knocked him down in the third round, he thought, well, it's the same old Joshua K.O. story. But, you know, Ruiz wasn't having any of it. I think that, you know, he had no pressure, nothing to lose, golden opportunity. And uh, he took it with both hands. Probably the quickest fighter, certainly hand speed, that Joshua's face. I think that probably troubled him, as well as the fact he went to the body very cleverly in the fifth, sixth rounds. And you know, Joshua slid downhill fairly fast. His body didn't hold up. And uh, you know, it's a long way back for him. He, he's triggered the rematch, and um, you know, it's a fight he needs to win. But at the same time, he's been a, a wonderful ambassador for. British and world boxing. It's uh, certainly changed since he won that Olympic gold medal in, in London. And I think he's been amazing for the sport. He's, he's so charming. He's got a fantastic you know, personality and media appeal, all of that. And, um, you know, he's a very good fighter. So he'll come back. He'll uh, dust himself down. He'll uh, have to look in at what, what went wrong. And Robert McCracken will, will study. He's an excellent trainer. And, um, you know, we'll see if they can exact revenge later in the year. Well, there's so many conspiracies, uh, Adam, after the defeat. Some say AJ was knocked out in the sparing b- before this fight. Others say he suffered a panic attack. Some say it was food poisoning. Uh, he was even late coming out of his locker. Did you sense anything wrong with him before the fight? Not at all, no. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with Anthony Joshua and uh, I, I've been with him in Sheffield and, and also down in Miami at the training camp. Um, absolutely everything was fine for him. Uh, I was with him a little bit on the Thursday and the Friday. I didn't actually go and see him 
backstage beforehand, which I normally do, but I was I was caught up commentating on other fights at ringside, so I didn't go and see him. So look, I don't know if something untoward might have happened. It's possible always. You know, he people are saying he didn't look quite right in the ring beforehand. He was being massaged. His gum shield was a bit loose. But yeah. you know, I think I, I spoken to Eddie Hearn and and AJ and uh, Eddie both say he was absolutely fine coming to the ring. So um, if there was anything, they're not going to admit it. They're going to take the uh, the loss on the chin. And, um, you know, for me, it was the fact that he got hit hard in the third round with the left hook to the temple, and that disorientated him. And I don't think he ever really recovered from that. So, you know, it's a, it's a case of giving Andy Ruiz the huge credit rather than looking for conspiracy theories. I've heard other ones as well, which are ludicrous. And, you know, it's um, it's a case of, look, he, he went in the ring and, and he could have he could have won because that third round, he knocked him down and he was a bit naive. He went for the finish. He left himself open and got caught, but he was in the trenches. And it was thrilling as well. Um, but obviously it was a, a huge upset and, um, you know, they've got to look for, or certainly a lot of people will be looking for things to blame. I, I like to look at the fact that Andy Ruiz put on the Chris Knight of his life, and he's he's a world heavyweight champion, and it yeah. just goes to show that you never know in this sport. And it's a he's a he's a great guy, Andy, and you know, good luck to him. He's changed his life and his family's life forever. Okay, I just want to hear the voice notes, Adam. If you can just stay with us here, uh, let's hear the voice notes that's come through on oh six one four one oh four one oh seven. By the way, the cricket is over. India have beaten South Africa by six wickets. Hey, SFM man, this is Brett from Cape Town, man. That Mexican heavyweight champion of the world, man. Oh, man, you got to give it to that brother, man. They deserve it. I love the nation. I love the Mexicanos. And uh, viva la Mexico. Viva. Nice one there. Thank you for that voice note. We've got Juicy here that's called us from PE. Good evening, Ju. See ya. Good evening. Good evening. And good evening to Adam. Uh, I have a question. What are the chances that if I today the rematch might 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 not happen in UK as 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 I think Eddie Hen would love the fight to happen in UK now? Uh, can the champion and his promoter state where the fight should be? That's my question. Okay, lad, nice one, nice one there, Juicy. Uh, Adam, uh, did you hear that? Oh, okay, we seem to have lost Adam. Uh, we're going to try and get him back on the line. By the way, we've got a message from Ace Sidinila who says the first ever Mexican heavyweight champion of the world was John Ruiz. He was a WBA champion and was beaten by Roy Jones Jr. And Ruiz Jr. is the first to win multiple titles. Nice one there, uh, Ace Sidinila, boxing man through and through. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back with Adam Smith. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, we've got Mr. Adam Smith back on the line. Apologies for that. I'm not sure if you had that question that was posed to you, Adam, of where do you think the rematch could happen and can the challenger in AJ say he wants it to happen in, in the UK? Um, I think, I hope the line's better. Sorry about Much that. Much better, thank you. On mobile phone in England. But um, I think the rematch um, is, is going to happen at the end of November. Um, I think it's going to happen in the UK. And I think for Joshua, that's the best thing for him. I think he needs to come home. I think he needs to reevaluate. I think he needs to concentrate on the, the job in hand because a, another defeat to Ruiz would be, you know, pretty dreadful for his boxing career. And, you know, whether he could even come back from that if he was knocked out again, that would be tough. So he's got to concentrate on, on winning that rematch. Um, they did trigger the rematch clause. 
So, you know, unless there's any boxing politics that get in the way, we've seen it over the, uh, the years. Remember, Al Heyman does have all the world heavyweight titles now with Ruiz and Deontay Wilder. So, mm. you know, will he want Ruiz to come over to Britain? They'll be fighting for it to be in America or even maybe fighting for Ruiz to fight someone else beforehand. But as I believe it, the rematch is, uh, is ordered. It's been triggered and it will happen at the end of November or early December in London. Or well, maybe Cardiff. Yeah. Well, you were in New York for the fight, as we mentioned. Has the defeat now changed the Americans' views or perception of Anthony Joshua? Well, I think everyone was stunned. You know, when I left New York, uh, it was more sort of, you know, I mean, first impressions are vital, obviously. Mm. And he made a great impression during the week. I mean, he was charming everybody. He, he worked the media well. He had lots of fans there from Britain and from America. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it was obviously not the, uh, the stage appearance that he needed. Um, I was there when Prince Nassim Hamad fought Kevin Kelly on his American debut, or certainly his big American world title fight uh, back in 97. And, uh, you know, although he was down uh, three times, I think, in that fight, you know, he knocked Kevin Kelly out in four rounds, and it was an absolute thriller. So he was remembered for the excitement. I think Josh will be remembered for the excitement, but unfortunately, um, the way and the manner of defeat was pretty damaging. So... Listen, he can rebuild. These things happen. You know, boxing's littered with, with upsets and also with uh, you know, difficulties in, in fighters' careers. The key now is how he comes back, how he gets his uh, revenge or redemption, and uh, whether he's, um, he's as good as we all think and hope that he is. Uh, he certainly is outside of the ring, and inside of the ring he's done everything right so far. So, you know, one night doesn't uh, define a career, but it's pretty damaging. You mentioned that uh, that punch, that left hook, that seemed to disorientate Anthony Joshua in the third round. His legs went immediately after that, and he didn't look like he came back. But during the, the after 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 the after the rounds, he kept on asking his trainer which punch hit me. I didn't see the punch that hit me. Uh, were you surprised by that talk in, in in the corner? Yeah, he asked at the end of the sixth round. He said, I, "Why am I feeling like this?" My 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 guess is that the punch disorientated him on the top of the temple. I don't think he fully recovered from that punch in the third round, but he seemed to box his way back in. Certainly the fourth and the fifth were closer. So uh, I think maybe it's a, a case of his body, perhaps. You know, he's very, very highly conditioned. He's obviously got a sort of body beautiful as an athlete. You know, and sometimes we saw with Frank Bruno, that's not necessarily the best physique to have for a fighter because, you know, if you, if, if you do get hurt, it takes longer for the oxygen to get around the body and you know, maybe that's why his, his legs weren't as strong. He certainly looked like a, you know, a huge specimen when he got in the ring, whether he was not well or, you know, nervous or there was some issue, maybe we'll never know. But he certainly looked huge and strong and imposing when he got in the ring. And within 15, 20 minutes, he looked like the sort of weakest man in there. So that's really worrying. And I think that they need to look at why that happened, whether it's just because he got, you know, he got hit a lot, went down four times or whether... As I suspect, you know, the legs need just to be maybe worked in a different way or, or the physique slightly altered because, you know, the, uh, you're training for a boxing fight, not a, um, you know, a conditioning, you yeah. know, competition or, or a sort of, you know, a, a, he's, a, he's a brilliant athlete and he's finely tuned and you know, he's got a terrific, huge team around him who make sure that every last detail is, is, is ticked off. But, you know, if you look at sort of some of the greats over the years, the Larry Holmes is even the Lennox Lewis is that, you know, they've never, they've never been sort of body beautiful. They've been very strong and flexible. And I just wonder if that's something they could look at with, with AJ, that maybe that those sort of huge arms and, you know, the, the, the upper body 
don't know. Maybe I, I didn't like to see him at 18 stone plus when he came in against Carlos Takam. He's back down at sort of 17 nine now. I'd like to see him at 17 three, 17 four, like he was when he fought Joe Parker, and maybe just shave a little bit of that upper body weight off, and I think that will help. You mentioned Lennox Lewis, and he's come out to say that maybe AJ should look for a new trainer. There's a lot of pressure on Rob McCracken, and Lewis should know, if I'm not mistaken, I think he changed trainers after that shock defeat to, to Rahman. He changed trainers after the defeat to Oliver McCall, actually, oh, to in 1994. Yeah, in 1994, in the second round at Wembley. He, um, he, he basically, and he got frozen out, which is what I mean about, maybe he didn't have the automatic rematch, but he got frozen out for sort of two and a half years. He didn't get Oliver McCall back in the ring for a long time. But what he did was, he relocated to America under Emmanuel Stewart and Harold Knight. And they, um, they brought him back, and they made sure that, you know, he used his physical attributes well. And I think, that, you know, not, I'm not saying Anthony Joshua is as good as Lennox Lewis. I don't think he is. But Lennox Lewis, you know, redefined his style. And so did Vladimir Klitschko when he got knocked down several times by Corey Sanders and others. You know, he, he went to Manny as well. And then, you know, he was unbeaten for 10 years. So although they became more slightly more gun-shy fighters or more cautious fighters, they used their physical attributes. And Joshua has got a, a great jab. He's got a huge reach, a big right hand. You know, and, and he's, he's a great athlete. So maybe there is a, a thought that, you know, you, couldn't, you can get him to, I'm sure in the rematch, he'll want to box his way home as opposed to do anything reckless. Robert McCracken's an excellent trainer. Um, I think he could be the man to do that because they've been together a long time. He was highly successful with Carl Froch and with the English amateurs. You know, he's going to stick by uh, Robert. He said that this week. Maybe they need to think about getting some um, extra help in or whether they can do it. Um, by themselves that, that's up to them but I think you know a call to Vladimir Klitschko would be probably a, a, a good idea or maybe to Jonathan Banks who's in that Manny Stewart stable and even if they don't work together some advice about possibly utilizing the best of his physical attributes as opposed to going gung-ho and just trying to thrill the crowd uh, would be advisable especially in a rematch that he can't afford to lose. And finally, Adam, he was very gracious in, in, in defeat. He was really humble. He was even smiling after the fight. Um, it's a surprise to some people, uh, but is it a surprise to you? Is that, is, is that just the way Anthony Joshua is? Listen, you know, it was, a, it was a bit of a surprising ending, wasn't it? You know, those people out there that said he quit. I don't buy that. I think that he was physically and mentally exhausted. I think he just couldn't get his hands up. I think, you know, enough was enough. He proved his heart getting up four times. So I think, look, he was probably... He was probably just the respectful guy that he always is, you know, and, and in defeat, he was class and, you know, letting Andy Ruiz get center stage and, you know, congratulating him. And so, yeah, while some people say, why aren't you devastated because, you know, you've lost for the first time, I think he was more sort of happy for, you know, that Andy Ruiz had got some success. He's had a lot of success, Anthony Joshua. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders and, you know, maybe there was not a relief that he'd lost. He would hate to lose, and I'm sure it's burning him inside you know, each day that goes by harder and harder. But I think that you know, what he showed at the end was class and um, you know, being, being respectful for uh, your opponent in, in, in the wake of a bad defeat is, uh, has got to be a very, very positive thing, certainly for kids watching. And I know there's a lot of kids in Britain who are very, very sad to see what happened to Anthony Joshua. He's an absolute idol to them. So to see him, you know, act in, in defeat like that with utter class, I think is a very positive message for uh, for the young of tomorrow. And finally, um, the book, Beautiful Brutality. Uh, what what can people expect in this book? What is the book about? <laughs> it's a book I wrote a while ago, um, and it's about boxing families. So 
I, I'm I'm pretty obsessed about two things. One is is families, my family, and 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 the closeness that I have, and the different sort of brothers, sisters, and sort of relationships we have. I'm very obviously very passionate about boxing. So I put the two together, and um, I uh, I've been in the sport over 25 years now, and. Mm. Rick Bowe, Oscar De Hoyer, Roy Jones, Joe Calzaghe, the top, top fighters. Yeah. And I thought it'd be quite interesting to get, to put a different angle on the book and say, you know, what, what are their, their fathers, you know, what are their father's relationship with them? Some are in the corner, some stay out the way. How are the mothers, how do the mothers take it? You know, they are the ones that sometimes can't go ringside. They have to sort of wander around outside or even watch it at home mm. or, or occasionally one or two of them are banging the canvas in the front row. You know, sisters, brothers that both box and one's better than the other and how that relationship works. One, you know, fighters that come from no real families. They're brought up by grandparents or, you know, they haven't got sort of role models. And, you know, I just found the whole uh, the whole sort of area fascinating. And I think that I think what I came to the conclusion was that, you know, families are important for fighters, but they also need other people in there. They need experts, they need trainers, they need you know, lawyers, they need uh, management teams, etc. And that if the, if the parents try and do everything, it can often end in uh, in, in bad relationships. So, um, but yeah, the family is vital to fighters, and I'm, I'm particularly particularly interested in the sort of mother to son um, you know relationship. I'm very close to my mum, and uh, she would hate to see me in a boxing ring. So, some of them, like Joe Calzaghe's mum, never ever came to ringside yeah. uh, and never really watched him. Uh, but yet, there's others like Ricky Hatton's mum who was uh, in the front row, and you know cheering a son on from there so um, yeah that's what it's about hope you enjoy okay great stuff no definitely thank you for speaking to us Adam we really appreciate it it's an honor for us uh, to talk to you here in South Africa thank you sir that is Adam Smith head of boxing at Sky Sports I'm sure you've seen him on TV numerous times and uh, also now the author of Beautiful Brutality